This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the Heroes of HP12, the Wick and Wanderers podcast powered by the fans. I'm Michael Kenny, joined as usual by Adam Cooper and Damien Farrar-Hockley. On this week's episode, we look back at Saturday's impressive win over Blackpool. Hear from Adam as he reflects on his experience marching over 26 miles for Prostate Cancer UK, discuss more problems with our brand new kit, and finally we preview this weekend's fixture, an always challenging trip to Charlton Athletic. Let's kick off with the action from this past weekend. A first goal of the season from Super Sam Vokes and a fine strike from Brandon Hanlon were more than enough to secure a third consecutive win on a Saturday. The win lifts us up to ninth and stretches our unbeaten run in the league to five games. Safe to say things are now cooking quite nicely under the Bloomfield regime. Uh, Guys, that is 13 points from a possible 15 now with only a single goal conceded in our last four. We've tightened up at the back and, crucially, we're beginning to look more and more of a threat up top. What did you make of Saturday's performance? And, uh, and, and let's get into it. Who or what do you credit for our recent turnaround? I'm never one to say I told you so. <laughs> but um, I told you so. <laughs> you did. Um, look, I think Saturday was was once again just that little bit of uh, of evolution um, Blooms keeps touching on it. Every game we play, we're doing something a little bit better. You know, the Northampton game wasn't pretty, but it was gritty. You know, we really had to dig in and and do well with that. Then he's had two weeks on the grass with them, with only a couple out on um, on international duty. And um, and it really showed those combinations that we've spoken about before started working really well. Vokes' goal, great finish, by the way. The reaction... Mm. Um, from the first save was lovely finished. I don't think enough's been said about that. Um, Hanlon's goal, you know, McCleary linking up with um, with Kane Vincent Young down the right. <clears throat> lovely cross and a nice finish. Big Max once again. I mean, that first save, how he's made it, I I do not know. The second one was an excellent save, but the first one was absolutely ridiculous. Um, just had no right to save it. Um, for me, the one massive, massive plus um, was Gareth McCleary. Mm. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. And I think performances of others 
um, in a team have probably taken away from that a little bit. Um, but he really looked like he was back to his old self, you know, created a handle and goal. But it wasn't just that. Every opportunity that he got to get at them at the back, whether that be their left back or cutting inside and taking on the centre, the left-sided centre-back, um, you know, there was a couple of occasions where the ball flashed across the goal from his good work. One of them, I think it was Harry Boys, was like sliding in and had he worn at an eight and a half instead of an eight, we we probably would have won three nil. So it was um, it it was a really good performance for him, and I was really really pleased. Um, you know, you look at people like Luke Lee, we talk about him every week, but playing out of position, how good was it to have somebody who's that good on the ball playing centre-back? Yeah. Um, you know, just came out of defence. And <clears throat> we've spoken so many times about linking up the defenders and the midfield, and Lee, he does that beautifully, whether that's just a really simple pass into Josh or Freddie Potts, whether that's getting your head down, take a couple of players on and play a diagonal, or whether it's, uses intelligence and you know get out of jail a bit with some nice football um it was really really good um look we knew this was going to take time we knew it was going to be a transition period um blooms has really stuck to his guns and i really respect him for that and it was so nice afterwards seeing him with a massive smile on his face the boys were all enjoying themselves um and and you know it it it's as if there was never a problem um, if you take away from the from the little slip up against Sutton in the cup, which I'm not too concerned about, um, been pretty flawless the last sort of month or so. Um, so yeah, re- re- really, really impressed. Lots of positives. I sort of, I think there's still a few things that we've got to work on, um, but but for me, that was our best performance of the season. Blackpool were just weird. Their performance was very, very odd. Didn't look like a team who were going to play it long. Didn't look like a team who wanted to play through the thirds. When they got the ball down and played, it didn't look like they knew what they wanted to do with it. Jordan Rhodes up front didn't really use him. You know, why sign a striker that you're not going to give the ball to? It, it, it was very strange. And I don't know if you listened to the um, club's pod uh, last night, but most of the Blackpool fans on social media were just saying that was a weird performance. You know, Critchley signed all of these players. And they're playing in the wrong position or they're not using them. It it was a very, very strange performance. Um, might we have struggled against a, another team? Possibly. I don't know. But, yeah, I think, for me, performance of the season so far. At the start of the season, when we lost those first couple of games, the calls for Matt Bloomfield to, lead, to be gone were so loud. And... A lot of people, including us on this pod, said, just just give it time, give it time, give it time. Where are they now? Where are those voices now? Mm. Because no team in League, in League One has a better record than us at the moment in the last five games. Mm. All right? We are three points off the top, having played a game less. And Saturday was just an opinion. Blackpool beat Wigan last week. That's no mean feat. Wigan are a good side. They came down here full of confidence, thinking, you know, we've beaten Wigan. Will beat their rhyming team Wickham, and we didn't we didn't give them a sniff. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Max had to make put out two brilliant saves and had a goal disallowed for offside. But apart from that, you know, I I think we could have scored four or five if they if they scored two, we'd have gone on to score four or five. And uh, Taylor going through on goal at the end, you know, 
uh, he just ran out of legs and he was just a bit rusty. That's all that was. Yeah, I do think, I mean, I think football's a, football's a reactionary sport, isn't it? It, it? it doesn't matter if it's our club or if it's another club. I mean, the, the dissenting voices of Blackpool, they've only grown in strength since Saturday's uh, disappointing result. And yeah, if I was a Blackpool fan, I would be asking questions. I would go, what is the system that we were trying to play there? I think what that does is that serves as... as a, as a bit of a to strengthen the things that we've been saying that Bloom's needed time to kind of get it right. Different managers need different times to get their systems right. It's not going to happen overnight. Critchley um, is fairly new to the role as well. He's trying to implement his game. He's had a lot of you know he's had success at Blackpool before. Um, so it's interesting to see the extent of the project that's going on at Blackpool. You would assume that those guys would have been challenging for the automatics, uh, given the fact, and I think we've said this on the pod before, that you know they only just went down last season. So you, you would have you would have had them kind of up there. Um, so it's, it's 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 strange. I mean, it just goes to show for me, it's more evidence that football is a very very strange, often highly unpredictable sport. There's no such thing really as as football math. And yeah, they went and got a good result against Wigan. Uh, they didn't get a good result against us. The one thing I do want to mention about the first half, though, and I think that you mentioned it as well, uh, Demo, is that we should have been two, three goals up going in, uh, going in half time. And I don't know about you guys, but I had that horrible feeling that it was going to be one of those games that we were going to be made to rue those missed chances. But as we found out, you know, early in the second half, GMAC Hanlon combined for that wonderful second goal, and all of a sudden, you're feeling a lot better about the game. Yeah, I think from my point of view, <clears throat> I, I was never really worried. And for me, I'm like the ultimate pessimist. <laughs> um, I'll always be as, as positive I can about managers and about new players and, you know, give them settling in times and sensible. But I'm always the one who, when we're 5-0 up, I'm thinking, hang on, I've supported Wickham for long enough to know that, <laughs> you know, we could lose five goals in six minutes or something ridiculous. I didn't really feel like in any kind of danger from Blackpool. Like, I couldn't work out what formation they were playing. They're, they're, all the players who you thought would were going to be more dangerous seemed to be playing in a very, very odd sort of, almost like a, the midfield was almost square. You know, there was almost like two people sitting in front of a back four, but then that back four kind of almost became a back five. But when it became about five, they weren't utilising wing backs. Then was Jordan Rhodes playing up front on his own? Was he playing as one of a three? It was very, very disjointed, um, really disjointed. And I think, from a positive point of view, from our point, of, um, from our perspective, that can be really difficult to play against um, if you don't really know what the opposition are doing, and it it can kind of throw you off your game a bit. So, you know, I think we dealt with that well. Um, I said earlier, you know, there's still things to work on. Um, we've spoken about it on the pod recently. You know, Blooms will be all, all too aware. We have got to start taking our chances. Um, we're not going to get that number of chances against a lot of teams in this division. And, you know, we have got to start being more clinical. And that is the one criticism that I still have. Um Hopefully, with Taylor coming back, Vokes has now got his first goal up and running. Sadly, are coming in. Um, you know, GMAT looking like he's hitting form. Hanlon's hit a bit of form. Hopefully, 
you know, we're starting to see the back of that record. But, but yeah, the one concern for me is that we're not clinical enough. I think on Saturday it was very easy to see the tactic that uh, Blackpool had going forward. Yeah, to the wings there. They left foot on the right and they had a right foot on the left cutting in. And everything was aimed for Jordan Rhodes. We, our defenders identified that very early. They stopped doing it though, didn't they? It was bizarre. Like the... Yeah, because we identified yeah. it, we stopped it. And we managed to stop wingers them coming inside. And played as central midfielders on top exactly. of the central midfielders that were already we there. Turned them, really we, we turned them into a narrow team, whereas mm. they came to be a wide team. Um, I think the way the game went was epitomised by their manager after the game. Um, you, you only get a small amount without paying for um, their interviews on their on their Twitter. But what he said, he, he didn't know why it hadn't worked. And the other thing was also that he, he, he rolled out the old line of we knew what we were going to get when we came here and all this sort of stuff. But again, you can say that all you want, just like my friend earlier in the season. You know what we're going to get, but you haven't dealt with it. I think that Saturday represent Saturday was a real light bulb for me in that I could see our system, that back three, actually begin to work. Um, it's taken... You know, it's taken a number of games this season, and and I still, I mean, from a from an aesthetics point of view, I don't like free at the back. I, I I've always thought it was quite a negative um, setup, but the way we seem to be snuffing out action on the flanks by having that back free almost kind of expand and spread out, it 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 just seemed to. It seemed to make sense on Saturday. I don't, I don't know if that was because we came up against the right opponents at the right time, whose game plan they were just hoping to kind of execute, regardless of what we were, how we were hoping, yeah, you know, how we were seeking to line out. Um, yeah, it just seemed to it just seemed to work. But I do think a, a massive part of that is confidence, just sheer confidence. It seems to be at the moment that morale is high players are beginning to understand what their roles are in the team the lineup seems to be crystallizing um and it all just seems to be kind of coming together um and and i think that confidence i mean we, we i mean folks got his first goal of the season 13 minutes in that's going to do him a world of good um, called that he, by the way yeah you did yeah <laughs> but he just he just seemed the link ups just seemed to be working uh, you mentioned uh, Adam. You know the ball's flying in from boys. He's getting on the end of them. I mean, there was a there was a moment just a few minutes after his goal where he could have had another one. I think Farino just whipped in this lovely, lovely ball into the box, or it might have been boys, and uh, you know a couple of inches lower, and that would have been two nil after fifteen sixteen minutes. So uh, you know Hanlon, you know, um, still seems fired up following you know the the transfer shenanigans from a few weeks ago. The way he took that. You know the way he took his chance, and 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 you know he he took his chance. He scored that goal, and it looked it looked good. It looked he looked composed. You know, and we've seen we've seen players uh, much higher up the football pyramid miss those opportunities because the ball's being whipped in so quickly. Yeah, uh, he looked calm, composed, and that's you know. And you had Brownie on comms just saying, "I want to see more of that from him." Yeah, we all want to see more of that because that's the player that we know. We know he's got that in his. You know he's got that in his locker. More of that, please. That's why Wrexham value him at three hundred grand. And you know, I know we smirked at it, or some people smirked at it. And on his day, he is virtually unplayable at this level. 
Um, and if we can get him on his day more than we can off his day, mm. he's going to be a, a huge outlet for us. Um, whether that's as a, as a player who starts every week or whether that's as a player who's coming on for 30, 35 minutes every week, um, he's going to be a huge outlet for us. And when he's got a bit between his teeth, um, and he looks like he's got a point to prove. He is a very, very, very good player. Um, and, you know, I think when you when you look at the, the style that we're playing, the formation that we're playing, it actually suits him because it enables him to get wide. Um, but it also enables him to make those late runs into the box and get in front of goal, which which Blooms has spoken about. So, yeah, it's it's really working for him. And I couldn't be more chuffed because we've spoken about him before. Um, on here, and he is a genuinely good guy um, who who I think has got a lot of potential. So, yeah, I like him, um, and I'm pleased for him. So keep going, Browns, please. I think we talked a few weeks ago about trying to put round pegs in round holes. Then Brandon Handen, and if you noticed, he wasn't just – he wasn't he wasn't the central striker, which is where he doesn't want to be, but he was switching from side to side almost as if he'd been given a free role. And it's, it, it brings out the best in him because he can play basically where he wants running at people. I mean, when you see Hanlon kind of running back and, and being very aggressive and, and giving and hounding defenders like we saw on Saturday, uh, like we saw against um, against Rovers as well, that's the Hanlon that I love to see. And if he can take that and combine that with end result, that end product of be, you know, being goals... Yeah, that's the player. That's that's the Hanlon that I want. That's the brand that I want. Um, Adam, you mentioned you know needing to find that clinical edge, um, converting those chances into goals. You know, I've said that I think confidence seems high. Voxy's off the mark. Is there any? Is there anything else? Is there any kind of tweaks that we can make going into the game on Saturday, going into subsequent games to capitalize on that confidence? If I'm going to be uber critical, um, I would say we can't we can't let the good be overshadowed by the perfect. Um, as soon as we were putting balls in the box on Saturday and it was working, we seem to keep pepper in the box with really good balls into the box, and I think sometimes against better teams, you can't afford to be that one-dimensional. Um, and I think we do need to remember that we've got some very talented players through the middle as well. Um, and, you know, getting the ball down and, and feeding those balls in into the box at the right time to the right players is also a very, very good way of scoring goals. What I don't want to see is every single time we attack, getting the ball wide and swinging it in um, because you're playing a percentage game then. Um, but you know, Hey, it's working. Um, and look, we can't be critical. We've just, we've just won two nil playing like that. Um, but ultimately some of those players who are playing in the middle have got to take a little bit of responsibility on themselves. And I think Vokes has almost done that. You know, he, he said in the week that he knew he wasn't fit. He wasn't feeling great before the international break. He's been getting in early. He's been finishing late. He's been working hard to try and get fit and get sharp. And um, and look, the first game back, he's put the ball in the back of the net. What more can we ask for? And who's to say that he's not going to go on now and score 15 or 20 goals this season? Um, so watch his space. We can only say it as we've seen it. Um, but watch this space. 
Um, I would like to see a little bit of variation, whether that's going wide and getting the balls in or whether that's a little bit of football down the centre. I don't want us to to go down the wing because we seem to do that really, really well. I want us to mix it up. Um, but other than that, yeah, really, really, really happy. Let's quickly talk about uh, last night's win uh, over Crystal Palace under-21s in the Papa John's trophy group stage. A 1-0 win thanks to Luke Leahy's retaken penalty in the 92nd minute. That must have been hard for the uh, young Eagles to take. They were so close uh, to uh, to a nice precious point and a clean sheet. Uh, look, another win, another clean sheet for us. Precious minutes for some of our fringe players couple of debuts most notably uh, our first look at Kieran Sadlier um guys we're not going to talk about this for very long because Papa John's um but is there anything else that we can take away from this performance and this result I've been working all day to try and get some pizza gags um the, <laughs> the best I've come up with was Leahy's penalty was a slice of luck and the <sighs> The performance, was a, the performance was a bit crusty. <laughs> I just think that only 442 people wanted a slice of the action. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, no, I, there you go. I don't think I don't think I can toppings that. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> uh, I don't want to go into too much detail after what I said last week. Now people know what I think of this competition. It is the Milton Keynes Dons of competitions, but. Um, Declan Sakura got some minutes, got a debut, um, did very well. So fair play. Um, Jasper as well, um, who's a player, by the way, that I've always liked when he played. I'm not quite sure why he's so far away from the first team. Um, but pleased that he's um, pleased that he's done well. You know, positives, like Damo said, minutes, minutes in Wheeler's legs um, and one or two others who haven't quite been at the... Uh, haven't quite been at the races. So, um, so no, look, there's absolutely positives. There can't be no positives when you win a match. It's just yeah. a shame that that's come in such a pathetic competition that has sold its soul to the devil. But, you know, that's a conversation for another day. I know the um, this young lad, Skura, actually got some comparison with a very early Chris Farina last night. That can only be a good thing for the team. Um, Pandan... I'm, I'm with Adam on that one. I've always liked him when I've seen him play. Yeah. Uh, 100% effort. He, re- he reminds me of uh, when we first got in Luke O'Neill. So, so eager to impress. And I reckon he can do going forward. Um, we need David Wheelick to get those minutes in because he, it, back in the last season, he was a weapon, especially when Vokes was out. You know, he was the main target for the headers. Uh, and... If we can get him back in the team fully firing, um, we're only going to go from strength to strength. Let's see. Let's see how we get on. Maybe a potential cup run. That might get us talking about this competition a little bit more. Uh, on pitch, we're looking absolutely wonderful right now. We're looking a picture. Unfortunately, we are having some you know, off-field problems, particularly with uh, our kit. More problems with our brand new kit uh, have come to light over the last few days. The club have announced that they're pulling all replica shirts from sale following quality issues, most notably uh, the Hummel logo, which which is breaking or peeling or just coming away from the shirt after a single wash. Now, the club have released a statement um, confirming that they're pulling the uh, replicas from uh, from sale and that they are pointing fans who want to 
you know swap their kit or, or get a full refund um go to the wickham uh, go to the wickham wanderers website where you will see the club's uh, statement if you haven't seen it already uh guys not good really we were celebrating the end of the o'neill deal uh, much to uh much to our good friend dj's absolute uh, horror um hummel have come in look we know they make a lovely kit we've mentioned that before in previous pods um are you having problems with your kit? Um, I haven't had any problems with uh, with Lockie's yet. I haven't brought it yet for myself, um, but I brought Lockie's when it arrived. So he did the whole farcical pre-order thing. Yeah. Uh, the really frustrating thing is when it arrived. The first thing I said to my wife is, after about five washes, that Hummel badge is going to break. <clears throat> um, it's it's pathetic. It just looks like a stuck on piece of plastic on a football shirt and you know these shirts are supposed to be designed to to look they're never going to be as good as the playing shirts but they need to be able to put up with a certain amount of stress and they certainly need to be able to put up with a lot of washing um the shirt looks beautiful um but that badge is one problem then you've got the shirt in your hand actually michael there's like a little badge um, down on the bottom under that hummel right down the bottom in the bottom corner there's like a little kind of hologram badge. Yeah. That's like stuck on with Pritt stick as well. Um, yeah. The quality just isn't that great. And and I know it was a rush. I don't want to be critical of the club here because I think, um, I think they've dealt with this really, really well. The fact that they've actually come out, they've made a statement, they've drawn a line in the sand. They could have kept selling these. Let's be honest, you know, people have waited a long time for these kits. They're the nicest kits that we've had for a long, long time. Um, they could have just kept them on sale. Um, and they haven't. I think they've come out, they've made a statement, they're dealing with it. Um, it. It has all been a bit rushed. And in hindsight, the rush probably wasn't worth it. We should have just waited until we knew that we were going to have a quality shirt. I was so excited when Hummel were announced. Uh, you know, they're renowned for, you know, for some absolutely beautiful designs over the years. Uh, you know, that Denmark kit is always going to be cited as one of the top examples, isn't it? Um, yeah, and, you know, the kits look wonderful, but the reality, you know, holding it in my hands, you know, that that Hummel badge, it's just, it's like you said, it's Pritt sticked on. It, it looks horrible. It, it, it looks like it's been ironed on. It's still got the, the, the indentation of the... Yeah. Uh, you know, of the, the plastic template or whatever it is. Um, and, and when you look at it closely, there's just things that I'm, I'm I just don't, you know, I, I've got a design background. And when I look at that, I, I mean, I, I kind of, I go, why, why have certain decisions been made? Um, I also really don't like the way, and I know this is uh, just the way it is, but the origin logo, Here's where I'm going to get a bit overly critical here. The the Origin logo uh, doesn't have any um, background, uh, doesn't have any stroke shading, whereas the Hummel um, badge does. Obviously, the the Origin is printed on, the Hummel is stuck on. It doesn't. It just doesn't look uniformed. It doesn't look very good. Yeah, you see, I, I prefer the Origin than I do the Hummel. I prefer the way the Origin is than I yeah. do that stupid stuck-on bit that the Hummel badge. And well, I think the, I think the player's one is like, I think the Hummel badge is printed. So they must yeah. have identified that if somebody grabs hold of that, they're going to break it. Yeah. I just, I, I just don't understand it. But the thing is, yeah, I mean, if, if they printed the Hummel uh, logo on, then you wouldn't, you probably just wouldn't have that, um, 
that dark blue background. Um, I mean, again, that's just me being picky, but I mean, holding the kit in my hand, I mean, there, there's threads coming out the top uh, in that in that um, chevron piping. Um, it just, it looks wonderful from afar. And then you get up close and it just looks, I'm so disappointed. You know, these kits, you know, okay, I'm I'm very fortunate in that I can, I can afford them. That's great. But there are people out there who, you know, are saving up for quite a long period of time to get this. Not only are they having to wait a long period of time to get their kit, even if they, you know, get it at all. I mean, look, I've, I've been waiting nearly two months for the, for the green away. Um, and you know, I've, I've, to be fair, I've had good correspondence with the club who, you know, they've offered me a refund. They've said, you know, you can continue to wait. We've had some problems of, you know, quality problems and we're waiting for a new batch to come in. The communication hasn't been the problem, but I just think that this, I think this is a, an instance where obviously we needed to have some sort of deal in place for the, for the start of the season. You can't have them come out, you know, in, in bin bags, can you? They've got to be wearing something. Yeah. But I think where we've rushed a deal over the line for the short-term games has kind of robbed us of our long-term ability to sell these things and, and for people to build up um, a good feeling with Hummel kits. Because I tell you what, I mean, you know, if we, if we stick with Hummel next season, season after, and we launch our new kit, I'm not going to be pre-ordering. I'm going to wait until people have bought them and they say, yeah, it's actually good. It's, it's yeah, not going right. to fall apart and stuff like that. And that's, yeah. that's not good. That's not good. Cause I, I'm, you know, I would be the first in line to buy one of these kits and it's good, good cash, you know, good ca- cash flow for the club. And, and this is, this is just really not a good, ex- not a good experience at all. No, no, I, I, I've just worked it out. If, if, if Lockie has, which he'll ask for all three match playing shirts and all three. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points at the death. Who doesn't love a last-minute winner. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Goalkeeper kits, the shirt, shorts and socks with the names printed on the back. It's going to cost me 492 quid. If I'm going to pay £492 for six football kits, they need to be of a decent quality. Mm. Um, and look, we all know somebody who knows somebody with contacts in China who can buy kits that may or may not be authentic for certain Premier League sites. Um, and genuinely, those shirts that we have for um, for Lockie, who also supports Liverpool for some random reason, I don't know why, um, for his Liverpool shirts are better quality than the Hummel shirt. And that is really frustrating that a 25-year-old sat in his bedroom in China can create a more authentic looking, better quality shirt than what Hummel can for us. Let's hope that it's just down to the time that they had to put it right. Let's hope they put it right. Um, let's hope the club put it right and uh, and we can move forward from here. Um, 
but in my opinion, it is still a hundred times better than O'Neill's. Um, the design, the, the design, yeah. The design, I think the quality is as well. Some of the quality issues that I had with with O'Neill's were far worse than Hummel, but they're more expensive, and you have higher expectations of Hummel. And I'm, I'm like you, very, very disappointed. I haven't got my shirt yet because they haven't brought out a tent size. But uh, I'm when when that time does come, I'm not sure I'm going to get one after all the all the things I've heard. It's all negative, but it makes you wonder. There's quite a lot of teams now in the football league, Premier League, even that using Humble. Are they having the same problems? Because we haven't I haven't heard anything else. Mm. It's not just us. Um, I do know that. Um, I also know that there are some other issues with the shirts, um, which you may not have noticed. Um, but the the quarters on the back of the shirt are the wrong way round to how the club wanted them. No. Um, so the club, when they designed it, surely not wanted the light blue and the dark blue on uh, to be on the same side. They're not, are they? <laughs> wow. There, there we go. There we go. Look, look like, like you said, Adam, let's try and be positive about this. I mean, when when you're going into a, a new deal, a new relationship, sometimes these things take time, right? So it's, it's, it's an expensive, potentially damaging start to the relationship, but let's hope that there is a way forward for this. Um, one thing that I will say that might make you feel a little bit better, Damo, before we do move on is... The sizing is much better than O'Neill's. So this, so this shirt here is. Uh, so I went with the free XL, being a, a, a large fellow myself. Um, in in the past, uh, an O'Neill's kit at free XL would just barely go over my head. Um, so this is actually a little bit too big for me. Um, this is probably more of a four five XL in the O'Neill sizing. I'm okay with that because I can just put a hoodie on and then put the put the shirt over the top. So I'm fine with that, and I don't mean I, I don't mind a bit of oversizing. So um, yeah, so for for any of the large fellows listening, um, if you're going, you know, just just look at the sizing and, and do some measuring. Get get your missus to do it. I'm sure she'll happily do that. Uh, yeah, Hummel, fun times. Uh, let's move on to something a little bit happier, right? Or, or maybe we'll find out from Adam in a second. But this past weekend marked more than just a victory on the pitch. On Sunday, over 300 people took part in a 26.2-mile marathon from Wembley Stadium to Adams Park, raising money and awareness for Prostate Cancer UK. Adam was one of the many taking part, a gargantuan group effort that resulted in over £200,000 being raised for the charity. We asked Adam to record some highlights of his epic trek. Here's how he got on. Morning, it's 4.30 on Sunday morning. There was a time in my life where this was when I got home. We're now getting up to, uh, to head off to Wembley. My walking partner is fortunately a little bit more cheerful than I am. Say morning, Kirsty. Morning. Uh, we'll keep you updated throughout the day. Have a good one, guys. It's now 6.45 in the morning, feeling a bit more awake, standing in the tunnel entrance at Wembley Stadium, looking out onto the pitch. We've had a real treat this morning. We've been in the Bobby Moore Lounge for breakfast. We've had the breakfast of champions, sausage sandwich, cup of tea, and ready to go. Well, we are just about 15 miles in. We've just had lunch and it is absolutely chucking it down with rain. 
I've never seen rain like it. Kirsty is currently bouncing up and down, singing in the rain quite literally. Um, but spirits are still high. Gareth Ainsworth just turned up to join in the second half with us. So uh, we'll, we'll see you at Adams Park. And we're done. That is the hardest thing I have ever done in my whole life. Fair play to everybody else who took part. Um, it was really, really, really emotional at the end when you're kind of walking through Wickham and you're listening to people's stories um, and realising the pain that they're going through is, you know, is not comparable to having a couple of days of sore legs. Um, so pleased that we've done it and well done to the other 300 and odd people who um, who made their way from Wembley to Adams Park. Um, has to be said, everything down at Wickham Wanderers was absolutely perfect. Um, walking up Hillbottom Road was, uh, was really quite emotional, um, despite the fact that we'd walked 26 miles, that the, everybody there cheering us on. Um, made you feel 10 feet tall. Uh, really worth doing. Um, great to see so many people there. Great to see so much light, light and dark blue. Um, don't stop donating. Um, and if anything comes out of this, please make sure if you've got any of the symptoms, um, just go and see the doctor. And if you don't know what the symptoms are, um, or you just want to understand what what your risk level is, then visit prostatecancer.org. If you'd like to sponsor us, just pop onto the Wicker Wanderers webpage um, and you can sponsor um, the guys on there. Thanks very much for all the support. It means a lot. And uh, looking forward to the next challenge. Adam. You made it, as as we heard. A massive well done to you, uh, as well as to everyone else who took part. Um, f- first of all, I mean, the, the fact that you're talking to us is good, um, but but how are you feeling at the moment? And um, what's what's your biggest takeaway from this? Uh, only a few days removed uh, from the event. Yeah, I feel fine now. A bit achy still, but um, but yeah, fine, absolutely fine now. Um, Monday was pretty much a write-off I was just absolutely whacked every part of me hurt and I couldn't keep my eyes open um we were so we were up at four um bus down at Adams Park wanted us there for five then obviously into Wembley they basically just sort of let us into Wembley sent us in the Bobby Moore lounge gave us breakfast and almost gave us the keys and you know we had sort of a stroll around, down at pitch side, sat in the dugouts. Very, very, very well done. Um, and a really nice start to the day, but a really early start. And I was absolutely whacked on Monday. Um, but look, the biggest takeaway for me, I touched on it, was some of the stories that you hear when you walk in. Um, just absolutely heartbreaking. There was one girl that I was talking to who, who wasn't too much older than me, who um, whose husband was was having some of the symptoms, didn't go to the doctors, then eventually ended up going to the doctors and was diagnosed and and died at the age of forty eight. Um, yeah, there was some some horrific stories, um, and yeah, it just makes you it just makes everything worth it. You know, yeah, I had, I had bad legs for a couple of days. Who cares, really? Um, 
some of the stories were really, really inspiring um, and just made you realize that, you know, the these charities, regardless of what the charity is, look, for me, Prostate Cancer UK are a, are a great charity, um, a really relevant charity because it's raising awareness as well as raising money for, for trying to out this hideous disease. But um, but there are a lot of charities that work really, really hard. And there are a lot of amazing people that are affected by these things. And, and I think, you know, sometimes the gloss is taken off of, of their, or the limelight is taken off of them um, because people are doing these weird and wacky things to try and raise money. And look, the reason we're doing it is for these amazing people who are, who are either living with these, these diseases or living without people who have had these diseases. And I think that's the main thing for me. Some really emotional conversations. Um, you know, I, it, it was the most inspiring thing I've ever done. Um, it, it was so hard. Um, you know, I've been quite, been quite vocal on here about, um, my journey personally with my injury and my mental health and stuff. Um, it was so hard. The last like two or three miles felt like I was walking on glass every step I took, but it was every bit worth it. Um, and what, what, what got you, what got you through though, those last two miles? It had to be a bit of mind over matter. Um, you know, the, a couple of the really inspiring conversations that I've, that I'd had, um, doing the walk, first of all, um, secondly, was just pure, like grin and bear it, grit your teeth, bite the inside of your mouth and, and bloody well do it. And then really the last, the last few steps, um, we're sort of seeing the videos of what was going on up Hillbottom Road um, and inside the stadium and, you know, just wanting to get there. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say to you it was easy. I'm sure there's some people who could get up and walk 26 miles quite easily. It wasn't easy at all. But, um, but yeah, just a mixture of all of those things made it something that in my mind I just had to finish, like giving up wasn't an option. Having seen you come across the line, I saw you saw how tired you were. Would you do it again? Um, I'll do something again, definitely. I, I'm not sure. I think like the whole Wembley to Wickham Wanderers things now, like done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll definitely do something again. Um, we were talking afterwards, Damo in the bar. Um, I really fancy something a bit more challenging, a bit quirky. Um, I said maybe about like walking around the coastal path of the Isle of Wight over a couple of days or something. Um, but I really like the fact that this was football related because that's a bit of me. Um, so if anybody hears of any weird and wonderful challenges that are going on that are slightly football related, raising money for a good cause, um, hit me up yeah, and I'll, I'll have a think about doing something next year. I've got one, right? Let's cool. put you in the middle of Stadium MK and see how long you can stay there. <laughs> five five minutes five minutes maybe you'd have five. to we'd have to be talking seven figures um <laughs> seven figures to a charity of my choice to uh, to even tempt me <laughs> uh, amazing um last thing before we move on um is there still time to donate obviously so much money and uh some fantastic awareness for prostate cancer uk but um is is the donation page still up Absolutely. Um, I'll share it again like I did last week. Um, actually, most of my 
personal um, donations have come either whilst I was doing the walk because I was, you know, sharing pictures and stuff on social media um, or Damo was sharing pictures of me looking like a jacket potato. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so most of my donations have actually come either um, during or after the event. So yeah, I'll I'll share the link. You can still jump on. You can still sponsor if you wish to. and like I said last week, look, look, this isn't about me. This is about the charity and 350 or other people who've done it. Just sponsor someone. Um, or, you know, if you can't find a link or you're not very te- technically minded like myself, just go on to the uh, prostate cancer website. There's a little button at the bottom that says support us now or donate now. Click on that and make your donation direct. Um, I'm not, like, I'm not big on, I raise this much, you raise that much. I really couldn't give a monkeys as long as the money's all going to the to the charity. That is the main thing, and that's what we all done it for. So yeah, if if, if anybody still wants to donate, please do. It'd be much appreciated. Um, and I can promise you that you know some of the some of the really inspiring people that that I met and some of the most hideous stories that I've heard, um, your money will be going to good use. Absolutely. Well, well done, Adam. And also, uh, if you took part in this incredible uh, marathon, well done to you too. And uh, look after those feet. Um, you did wonderful. Uh, onwards and upwards. We travelled to South East London this weekend for another showdown with Charlton Athletic, looking to continue our excellent run of form. It's been another difficult period for the Addicts following the acquisition of the club by Charlie Mevan and his SE7 partner group, the fourth ownership regime in as many years. Despite the new dawn, results on the pitch have failed to pick up, a poor start that ultimately saw Dean Holden leave the club. His replacement, former Oxford and Blackpool boss Michael Appleton, makes his debut in the home dugout this weekend. Uh, Guys, plenty of reasons to be optimistic given our current form, but as we know, the Valley is never the easiest place to go and a potential new manager bounce could make our task even harder. Uh, What are you expecting to see come this Saturday? Do we have to talk about another nemesis player this weekend? Maybe. In in, in Alfie May. Um, don't get me wrong, he scores most of his goals against us at Adams Park, and so that might be something. But I went to Charlton last season, and I know they've made a couple of improvements, but I said if we'd had someone like Vokes playing, because he wasn't, we'd have won the game. And I fully expect us to go there with confidence, take the game to them, and genuinely think that we are, especially as Michael Appleton is a manager, I mean, I, I don't rate him at all as a manager. Um, and I genuinely think we're, we're, go, we're going there, not just to try and shut up shop and try and get a point out of it. We're going there to win. And who say, who's to say we won't? Yeah, I'd agree. And I think we go into it certainly positive. I think they had, um, they had a good result last week. I wouldn't say it was an amazing result, but a good result drawing draw with Stevenage in uh, in Appleton's first game in charge. Like you say, Michael, Saturday is going to be his first home game in charge. And as a lot of you all know, Charlton is sort of the, the club in the league other than Wickham that, that I'm sort of closest to. Um, used to go and watch them quite a lot when Wickham were away with uh, with family when I was a kid and, and a teenager. Um so I've still got my ears to ground on what's going on there. You know, Alfie May had a really, really sticky start. I think he's got four in four now. Um, so it's a shame that he's just coming into form just as he plays us. Um, but they've still only won one in six. 
and that one was against Fleetwood, who, let's be honest, are absolutely terrible. And were it not for Cheltenham not having scored a goal, um, they'd be bottom of the league. So um, so let's not take too much from that. Um, I thought Dean Holden was really unfortunate to lose his job. Um, look, they didn't have a great start, but he came in in the latter stages of last season um, and really turned things around there. The atmosphere was positive. They they backed him, you know, made some good signings. And, and like we were saying about Blooms, you know, you can't make knee-jerk decisions. You've got to let these managers have time, mm-hmm. um, particularly at this level. Um, you know, they had a couple of injuries at the beginning of the season. Alfie May wasn't firing. Um, he gets the boot. And, you know, another journeyman manager has come in and taken over from, you know, quite a promising young inexperienced manager because results aren't immediate. You know, it, it's really frustrating to see. They weren't getting battered. They were still playing for the manager. Uh, you know, I think with what he did last season, he just deserved a little bit more time. Um, like James says, go on. Sorry, do you think that's an unfortunate symptom of the new ownership regime coming in? I mean, we we know what we know what Mevan and and his bunch are like. We saw it in the in the Sunderland documentary. Do you think it's just a bit of you know people throwing their dick around and just changing things for the sake of it? I think the pro- look the problem at Charlton is there's no hiding that the football club has been an absolute car crash for a long, long time. Um, there are still some people at Charlton who are who have been around the block a long time and, you know, know the club inside out. Um, and there might have been some of that um, willy-wanging, if you like. Um, but, you know, any business that you take over, regardless of whether it's football, you know, if you walk into a multi-million pound business and and you've got a manager who's struggling a bit, um, you don't go and sack him straight away. You know, you sit down with him, you work out what you can do to help him out, you work out how long it's going to take and, and you know, you put a plan together um, and you manage the improvement. This just seems to me like a decision that's been made off the cuff because results weren't great and they want to be seen to be doing something. Um, it's really disappointing. Um, but unfortunately, it's just it's just the modern game. Um, I think we need to be... Be aware, you know they've got um, they've got Chem, haven't they? Who, yeah, who we know from from last season. If he's on, he'll be very very good. He's also very very quick, so that'll be a different challenge. They've also got Tyrese Campbell, um, who again is a player who who has always looked pretty tidy against us. We've spoken about Alfie May, um, you know, decent solid result last week, one one. Um, I don't think there's too much to fear, but at the same time, like you say, just that sort of first home game, you know, there'll be a decent crowd in there. It'll be really, really noisy. Um, maybe a little bit of nerves, but I'm relatively confident that we can go there and get something. The fact they've brought in a new manager and I genuinely think he's brought in a manager who, as Adam said, is a journeyman and it's an easy signing easy sacking for them if, if things don't go right it makes um, it makes them worse in my book yeah and but also i think the nervousness of their fans you said about the it'll be noisy and things like that we get on top in the first 10 minutes it'll go it'll go very quiet there and i th- 
their their fans are right on the edge. So if they get if they get a bit of a hold in the game, they, they will be loud. But all we need to do is is get get a few attacking moves going, and we will quiet them down very quickly. Bit of uh, bit of injury news. We know that Jason McCarthy is uh, not going to be making the trip. He's set to miss three months following a recurrence of his preseason toe injury. Uh, highly unfortunate. I mean, I don't think it really changes how we're going to line up. I mean, McCarthy really hasn't been able to, you know, get himself into the squad as a as a regular for quite a while now. Anyway, but it does reduce our options uh, down that flank. Uh, so obviously we hope that he makes a, a swift recovery and, you know, he's an important member of the squad, but in terms of how we line up, are you, I mean, we, we mentioned it earlier uh, and we didn't talk about it enough, I don't think, but uh, Leahy uh, as a, as a left-sided uh, centre-back option, I thought he looked fantastic last week. Would we like to see that again? Can't ask Adam that because he, he's, he's genuinely in love and I like him as well. Um, but I just think at the moment, if aim broke, don't fix it. Simple as that. My concern, not concern, that's the wrong word. Um, my point with Leahy is, I think against better sides, I'm not saying that Charlton are a better side, they haven't been playing well at all, but against better sides, I think you want a left-sided defender playing if you're going to play a back three, um, whether that be Tafazoli, whether it be JJ. Um but look, let's be honest, he ain't a bad third choice, is he? Um, the other thing is as well, I think what he gives you going forward can't be lost. Um, but you've got to be quite harsh to somebody. You know, if you're going to if you're gonna take him out of centre-back, you've got to be quite harsh to somebody, you know, who misses out. Perhaps Harry Boys and he plays as left wing back. Because um, in my mind, you ain't taking Scouting out. Um you're not taking Freddie Potts out the way that he's played the last couple of games. No. Um, you know, and I think that Leahy's probably our most promising player so far this season. Um, so he gets in anywhere. But um, but for me, the fact that he is so versatile just makes that decision a bit easier for Blooms. Um, it will be interesting to see how he gets on against a team with a couple of really, really, really quick, useful forwards. Um, you know, Saturday he was playing against a bloke who's 147 um, with no pace whatsoever. Um, and yes, he reads the game well, but he didn't read the game as well as Luke Leahy or any of our centre-backs. Um, you know, I'm not saying that, that Leahy's slow, but I think that just gives you a different challenge as a centre-back that perhaps you wouldn't get as a midfielder. Um, look, these are nice problems to have. This time last year, we were sat down saying, you know, we've got five injuries and we're talking about bringing on players that we've never heard of. You know, we have got a ridiculously strong squad now. It looks like McCarthy's going to have to have an operation, um, which is which is frustrating. And, you know, best wishes to him. I hope he gets back quick. Um, it must be super frustrating for him because he'd got back, he'd got on the bench, he was ready to play against Northampton. Um and then, you know, whatever's happened, it's got had a. I assume it's a reoccurrence. I don't think it's a different injury. I assume it's a reoccurrence. Yeah, I think it's, it's the, the same, same toe one. injury. Yeah, yeah what um, you've been saying. You know, re- really, really frustrating. So, so yeah, I hope he, I hope he gets better. But look, we've got really good backup for him now, um, and I don't think that 
that we need to be sat here saying, oh, that person's got to play in that position and that person's got to play in that position because we have genuinely got a number of players who can who can play in a number of positions. And, you know, if it means playing Jasper Jasper right and Kane Vincent Young doesn't play, or if it means playing Leahy left and Boys doesn't play, our team isn't really any weaker. So as far as I'm concerned, as long as you can get your better players in that team and that's your Scowans, your Leahy's, your Freddie Potts's, your Vokes, your McCleary's, um, and build the team around them, then, you know, that's a good thing. And like I say, we were sat here not really knowing who was going to who was going to crawl out of the woodwork and play in the next game last season. There were a couple of occasions where we couldn't even name seven subs, and now we're naming seven subs, all with professional football experience, um, some with you know, hundreds and hundreds of games under their belt. So, look, we're in a really good position. Um, and I think this is where where we give a very boring answer, and that is that Blooms has got this bang on. Let's, let's let him manage it. Let's let him do it. Um, you know, trust, trust in him, trust in the process. Um, uh, and I genuinely believe that we'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Well, let's wrap this up then. Um, prediction time. Looking at our last few games against Charlton, I mean, we're undefeated uh, in the league. Well, we're undefeated in all comps against them since April 2019. Uh, both games last season finished one all. Uh, the season before, we won both games. So you know, it's it's four game unbeaten run against this this the, the, these opponents. Uh, the Valley's always been a, a difficult place to go to. How do we how do we see this one going? I'm going to be positive. Two nil to us. I'm going to say one nil. Who are we going with the goals? I think Hannah will get another one. That'd be nice. And I think one of midfield. Possibly. Let's get Freddie Freddie Potts getting a goal. I'm going to stay true to form and say Super League Leahy from a uh, <laughs> from a set piece. <laughs> He's getting closer as well, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. He looked dangerous on a number of occasions against Blackpool. It's only a matter of time. Uh, I think that's a pretty good shout. Look, um, in terms of how I see it going, yeah, I, again, it's another one of those games where I'd, I'd be delighted to come out of there with draw. Um, but yeah, let's, let's, let's be ambitious. Let's go 2-1. 2-1 to the Blues uh, this Saturday. Guys, uh, legends, as always, thank you for joining And that will do it for this week. Thank you for joining for another episode of the Heroes of HP12. If you haven't already, please subscribe on Spotify. And if you're loving the podcast, help us out by leaving a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter at Heroes of HP12. You can follow Adam at APCWWFC, uh, Dan at Dan Clark PR. He is still alive, by the way. He's back from holiday, but he's a bit jet lagged. Uh, and finally, you can follow Damien at Damo1507. We'll be back next week with more discussion on all things Chairboys. Until then, stay well and come on, you blues.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.